Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of End of Regulation. It is Monday, January 20th, 2020. This is episode 44, the new face of Evian. Happy Martin Luther King's Day. Hope you all are enjoying your day off if you're at work. That sucks. But we're going to go ahead and hopefully entertain you guys all the way through here with some updates in sports and entertainment. Well, let's go ahead and introduce the Stu crew. <clears throat> Coming to us live from New York City, Barrel Chest Grimes. How we do's, kid? How we do's? Doing well. I uh, celebrated MLK Day by sleeping in until noon today. Wow. Thought that was thought that was a really productive use of, uh, of time and a good way to celebrate the doctor. At, at your age, your body's telling you something. Oh, yeah. No, I, I pushed it to the limit this weekend. <laughs> uh, well... Coming to us live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna, how we do this? I'm doing well. I'm doing a little work from home today. Um, as I'm sure you've all seen in the news, there's a giant gun rally or some shit down in the Capitol, much very close to where I work. So, um, yeah, I'm staying the hell away from that today. Keeping your talents on the home court. I like that. Staying safe. Um, well, hold on. Let me clear my glasses real quick. Make sure my eyes are working here. Could it be the return? Bill Shakespeare. The return of the Mac. <laughs> Bill Shakespeare. What's Brent? up? How we do's? I'm good. It's cold as fuck in Middle Tennessee. It's about 20 degrees today. There's some snow falling. I also did not have work, thank God. But uh, it's kind of one of those days where it's like, hey, you guys get the day off, but you also have to answer phone calls and emails, and it's like, well, I'd, I'd rather just be at work if that's the case so mm-hmm. yeah less distractions Jakes, I, I gotta that. say I haven't seen your place in a while since uh since you took your little hiatus but you gotta get some more art up on that wall that uh that single poster of the map of the world is Dude, really it's, it's not it's not too bad I've got the walls filled out here a little bit what is that your diploma over there yeah it's my diploma I've got the uh got the record player over there okay, set up. the record player looks nice and it's a big tv yeah 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 nice good I shit. like that not the worst setup in the world, I'll say that. Not bad. Well, today's episode will not be the worst setup either, so let's go ahead and kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Not pictured was uh, Brent's casting couch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my gimp. <laughs> just the suit. Just the suit. Just the suit. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. We're gonna run down the agenda so that you guys know what you're getting into. We've got some entertainment updates for you. We're gonna do some <clears throat> trivia. We're gonna slide away from the movie scene because we know that it hurts Tom and his ego. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the new face first. of. The new face of Evian Water. We're going to talk about a World War Z scenario. In the world of sports, obviously, what else to talk about besides Super Bowl 220? We're going to give you some early predictions, our thoughts on the line currently as it stands, and then we're going to talk to you a little bit about the UFC 246 recap. So let's go ahead and dive into things. Brent, welcome back. This is trivia. Uh, Tom has been humiliated two weeks in a row now by Harrison. So we're hoping that you will even the keel here. Let's we're gonna go. 
transition away from movies and we're going to stick to quote unquote things you should know but you don't really um, let me go ahead and pull up the list I removed it from the doc so they couldn't be any cheating and uh, Brett just, kick it just off, so you uh, know you just blurred out the answer yeah you okay. just blurred it okay. out there is no buzzer. No buzzer. <laughs> this is not Jeopardy. Jeopardy. <laughs> Got it. Not Jeopardy. <laughs> I am not Alex Trebek. Um, all right, here we go. According to the Old Testament, how many days did it take God to create the world? Seven. <laughs> Forty. Harry? Uh, it's, I think it's seven as well. It's a trick right, question. Well, the answer is six. It is. Well, correct. You should have said six then. <laughs> it's six? It is six. So On the seventh day, he to, rested, morons. Yeah, I'll give, that, I'll give that to Brent. So, Damn it. Brent I, won. Okay, first of all, I don't... Okay, never mind. I don't really go to church or... Yeah, neither do I, but I know that he rested. Everybody posts on Sundays, dude. Okay. All right, Off to a hot start. What percentage of the Earth's surface is water? 70. 75. 74. Brent. Nice. Coming coming off the bench, feeling fucking flexed. What's up? Ready sexed. All right, here we go. How many countries are there in the world? 216. 217. <laughs> 218. <laughs> Harrison's the closest. It's 200, roughly 200. Damn. Oh, roughly. Um, alrighty, which all right now we're gonna transition into sports. Given that we're talking about the Super Bowl, we'll talk a little bit here about the NFL. Which is the only NFL team to go undefeated and win a Super Bowl? The Miami the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Harry, I think you said Dolphins first. I did say Dolphins first. Um, all right, we'll give. <laughs> this is for extra point. What year was it? Nineteen seventy-four. What'd you say, Tom? Seventy-two. Yeah, there you go. Damn. All right, Tom, you're in the race, kid. Bonus points. It's two, two, one, by the way. Yeah. Cor- correct. All right. That's correct. Which NFL team competed in four consecutive Super Bowls, losing them all? Buffalo Bills. Bills. Gonna give that to Brent. I got like half a point. That was. Uh, okay. In horse racing, the Triple Crown is awarded to a horse that wins which three races? Kentucky, Belmont, and Preakness. Nice. All right, Harry. Tied up. 3-3-1. Three, three, Don't fuck with me on horses. <laughs> Who is the NFL's all-time leading rusher? Emmett Smith. Walter Payton. Brent. Brent. God damn it. Extra points. How many yards? Oof. 3,200. Uh, I'm going to say... What? No, the all-time leading rusher. 13,000. Like 14,000. Tom, or uh, Harry, uh, your closest, it's 18,000. <clears throat> wow. 18,335 to be precise. Dang. So what do we what do we score-wise now? 3-3-1? We're 4-4-1, yeah. 4-4-1? Yeah. Um, all right. Who is, who, or sorry, who has the most wins as a head coach in the NFL? Currently? Don Shula. Of all time. Tom, there oh. you go. Comeback kid. All right. I know who my is, Miami Dolphins history. What can I say? <laughs> who is the last <laughs> non-quarterback to win MVP? Adrian Peterson. Bingo, Tom. Here we go. Four, mm-hmm. four, three. Mm-hmm. All right. How many Heisman winners have gone on to win Super Bowls? One. Four. Brent. 
What? There you go. Four. Takes the lead. <clears throat> I don't have the answer on, on who those four are, so you can do your own research. But that's all we got for trivia. So Let's go! <laughs> Brent Brent wins 5-4 and uh, 3. What, what a run there, though. Who invited this kid? I like it. Nice, nice try, Tom. <laughs> Take a lap. And he walks away undefeated. <laughs> um, never to be heard of from again. <laughs> all right, let's go on to pressing questions. I uh, have been re-watching Workaholics recently and found myself just geeking to a conversation they were having on the way walking into the office. <clears throat> they were talking about the lowest amount of money y- you would accept to do something. What is the lowest amount of money you'd ex- accept to punch your mother? <clears throat> Woof. My mom doesn't listen to this, so I'm going to say like $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get in contact with her so she can hear this. <laughs> punch your mother. That's so messed up. 8 Gs. Like 25 Gs. Uh, that was around where my ballpark was. I think I like I was saying harder than like going lower than 50. I have morals and <laughs> Tom, it'd have to be a, I'm, it would have I'm, to be enough for me to buy her like a nice trip afterwards or something. Tom, yeah. if someone came to you and wrote you a hundred thousand dollar check, I'm, you're not gonna. Go and was like, I'm it. going to give this to no. you if you just hit your mother, hit your I mother, be, Tom. See, I'd have I'd have to ask her because I'd be so like morally distraught afterwards that I'd just give her every dime. She would Sorry for the ass. fucking the fractured orbital. Yeah. Here's a hundred. Just beat your ass back. That's the real plot twist. My mom would kick my ass. No one, yeah, no one said you had to knock her head off, Tom. And I'm sure, honestly, if you went on the backside of that and were like, hey, mom, just yeah, believe flex, me. Flex your stomach. <laughs> She'd be like, if you don't hit me for $100,000, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. That's, you just, you just cut, her, you cut her a check. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Um, all right. Lowest cost to take someone out, to assassinate someone. If it's the right person, I'm doing it pro bono. That's easy. I'll, I'll, I'm going pro bono as well. I but I'm talking realistically. I think it's a million dollars, and then you just fucking John McAfee, with, with, and you run to like. What's it, yeah? You like the the you can be caught, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yes. But you go somewhere with you know no extradition laws. Right. Yeah, I would um, I would say more like uh, two and a half or five million, somewhere in that range. Two and a half to five. Wow. All right. Living, living luxury, kid. I, I mean, it's got to make it worth it. Otherwise, you, you go to jail for life. It's like, what the fuck? 700 grand? Like, no. True. So, true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's a like good point. Five true. mil. Yeah. Put, put that shit in my hand, little man. Um, all right. Let's move on here to the reason we named our episode what we did. <clears throat> if you all remember, we talked about him back in the day. That is Mr. Andy King. Uh, Fire Festival famous. He was quoted on camera saying that he would essentially do anything that included fellatioing other individuals um, to secure bottles of water for the guest at the Fire Festival. <coughs> he obviously begged for that not to be included. Uh, he went viral. Can't tell you how many times his face has been plastered on memes, and all for not a good reason. Um, but Things come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. He has been sponsored and endorsed by Evian Water, whose new slogan is so good, you do anything for it. So, Do you have a, a number 
on this endorsement deal? Like how much he's getting paid? I don't know. That's a good question. I can look that up right now. Because on the, the funny <laughs> thing about Avion Water is it's quote unquote <laughs> so good you do Sewer anything water. for it. <laughs> Ex- except I w- I wouldn't pay three dollars for it at the gas station. So dude, Avion Water tastes disgusting. <laughs> yeah, like, and I'm and I hate to be a water snob, but I am a water snob. Evian and Dasani are fucking gross. Uh, I was just about to say, the only thing, the only water I'm a snob about is Dasani, which is by far the worst water. I would rather drink out of a <laughs> dude, fucking pond. Dude, it's it's supposedly French tap water. Which I don't know, Makes like, sense. you know, it just, it just tastes like metal. It you know what? It's terrible. I've Those never had French tap water, but it tastes exactly like French tap water. <laughs> yeah, I've never even been to France, but... Um, by the way, best water out there, Essentia. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Just saying. I'm a Man, I'm a you, you really are guy. a snob, huh? I'm a I'm a huge water snob. It's, it sucks. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, I can't find anything about the figures. Yeah, that sucks because on the on the terms of like how much would it cost to do something? Like we know exactly how much it would cost for this guy to endorse like blowing guys. <laughs> yeah, for, for free. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's move on to. Another uh, agenda hot point that we mentioned, and that is a World War Z scenario. Um, not really 100% sure how you pronounce this uh, virus, but I believe it's the coronavirus, a cor- coronavirus, I imagine, probably not corona. Um, and it is spreading quickly through Asia. Uh, cases have tripled, and it is essentially a hybrid of the flu, pneumonia, and SARS, which was severe acute respiratory syndrome. If you remember back in the early 2000s, took out like a couple hundred people. Um, And it kind of brings me to my point. I have no interest in traveling to Asia. I think that just kind of right there checked it off the list for me. It's a bummer because your bachelor party? Thailand. Yeah, it's, in, it's in China. <laughs> Shanghai, here we come. No, so here's we're the going, thing. We're like, going to Pyongyang. Think about it. Bird flu, mad cow disease, now this. These are serious things that, uh, you know, can only be created when you slam millions and millions of people into tight places. Uh, they've also had uh, an extreme outbreak of the swine flu over, like, the last... Uh, Correct. Shit, I forgot about 12 to pigs, 18 months. birds, cows, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them. Yeah. So it does seem high heat, high humidity, horrible... Uh, smaug. Add smaug. Just cleanliness. What, what What's the right word for that? Uh, but, yeah, it's dirty, it's hot, it's wet. Pollution. Yeah, so it's just there's a lot of shit ground. going on there. But like, this, this shit's kind of scary. Like, I literally was reading this article, and I was watching these patients and people walking around you know obviously you see a lot of pictures with people with masks on for the pollution but i mean if you've ever seen world war z this is how it started so for the record if world war z happens we're all fucking dead. oh dude dude don't like any other zombie movie i think i could last a pretty decently long time world war z i i think i'm just those things call it fast quits. and angry yeah I might just jump out a window. Yeah. Jo- yeah. J- join the herd, not thin it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on to why we're here today, and that is to dive into football. We've got the NFC, the AFC recap. We are talking champions. We're talking Super Bowl. 
Miami 2020. So let's go ahead and kick things off. I thought it would uh, be best if we started with this weekend's matchups. Um, talk about our AFC and NFC champions. And we'll start here with our uh, special guest. Titans versus the Chiefs. Chiefs came out victorious 35-24. to 24. Uh, Last week, I imagine this is something that we predicted. I'll double-check with you guys. I this is You guys took the Chiefs on this game, right? No, Tom, you took the Titans, actually, my friend. I took the Chiefs. I did. I was on the Titan train, um, the Derrick Henry train, I should say. And I'll let Brent get into it a bit here. But uh, I think verbatim, I'm done betting against the Titans. <sighs> yeah, True. that was shitty. And I let's blame he, Ryan Tannehill. Shakes. Well, I mean, all in all, it's like cl- clearly you could say a lot of things about the Titans this year. It was a very typical <clears throat> Titans regular season, nine and seven. They had to fucking squeak into the playoffs through a backdoor, basically. Um, and then, you know, they got hot. I guess, you know, everyone talks about, I hate to just, like, regurgitate what you hear the talking heads saying uh, on NFL Network and whatnot, but, you know, they have a brand of football that, that plays well, like, later in the season in playoff games, especially road playoff games. Like, you have to you have to have a pretty good interior in your defense, and you have to be able to run the football. Those two things the Titans have for sure. And I've felt kind of all year like their their biggest liability really is just the ability to cover speed downfield. Obviously, what's you know that's the Chiefs' number one asset is their their speed on offense. So eventually, it caught up to them. I mean, as a Titans fan, it was like, what else do you want if not to be up 10-0? You know, go into someone else's stadium, go up 10-0. They did have a chance to be up 14. You know, they had to settle for a field goal there on the first possession after driving the field. Beautiful drive. Tannehill was great. They opened with like a 30-yard pass to A.J. Brown, the number one person you want to kind of get the ball in his hands on the first drive just to kind of open up the running game. And they they did it. You know, I think Henry had like 60-plus yards in the first half, so it was all kind of trending the right way. And then, of course, the fucking backbreaker was there right before the half when, you know, the last thing you want to do is give the Chiefs a chance to score going into the half and then knowing they get the ball coming out of the half. And, you know, that 14 point. 14-point swing will kill anyone, but there's not a better team in football at doing that than them, and that's exactly what they did. So Mahomes broke off that stupid-ass run. Honestly, Rashawn Evans, like, pretty good linebacker, but to miss that tackle and pretty much cost your team the AFC Championship, uh, unexcusable, inexcusable, rather. And then they just went away from their game plan. As soon as they were down, you know, they were down four, and then they were down 11, and they just completely abandoned the run. I think Henry had like seven runs in the second half. So that's just you can't do that. Obviously, which is I think, which is unfortunate because stats show that Henry lights it up statistically more in the second half um, than he they has. Just, you know, so they were it, super worried at that point about getting into like a time of possession game. Like they didn't want to kind of shoot themselves in the foot, like playing their game when they just kind of felt like it's like they just kind of folded their cards at that point and assumed they made the assumption that the Chiefs would score on every possession and you know they fought back they they technically had a chance late in the game you know it ended up only being an 11 point game if they could have had a big splash play and kind of erased that deficit to four gone for two made it eight whatever uh made it three point differential that is but yeah that that fake punt was pretty electric too (laughs) yeah gotta love it unfortunately it was about a quarter too late but uh, yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think it 
it really just comes down to the just apples and oranges comparing the two teams. Like the right. Titans, six seed, like hell of a run. Everybody was in their corner, but the fact of the matter is the Chiefs are a different animal. And I think the most like biggest takeaway from this game was the passing of the torch to Patrick Mahomes. Like there is no doubt in my mind that he is now like bar none the best quarterback in the league. There's Brady, there's Rodgers. You know, the older crowd is now getting shuffled out, and I think this is just the beginning of a long, long stretch of dominance from Patrick Mahomes. What do you think this looks like for him in terms of deals next year? Uh, He's going to be the first $40 million quarterback. That's the number I was looking for. (laughs) For sure. I mean, honestly, it's like you you can do so many things against him. I mean, you can play press coverage, and they're just – I mean, he, he has the ability, if you're going to get pressure on him, pressing their receivers, their tight ends, it's like he's just kind of, kind of, it pressure doesn't phase him, you know, so he's going to shift around the pocket, find a billion different passing lanes, he can throw from every fucking angle, they obviously, I mean, they were the ones pounding the rock in the third quarter, so it's not like the Chiefs can't run, they're big up front, and then if you play anything off of the receivers, it's like, Every one of their guys, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, are two of the best players in the league at just finding like the soft spot in zones. Mm-hmm. And when your third and four weapons on offense are Sammy Watkins and Miko Hardman, you know it's like, damn, that's just that's a fucking team built to score points, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, honestly, if you can score, if you can average thirty-five points a game in the playoffs, you're gonna win the Super Bowl, and that's what the Chiefs are gonna do. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is, but. I guess we should real fast. I'm on record here all throughout 2000, late 2018, throughout uh, early 19, being on record hating fucking Ryan Tannehill. Um, I have officially eaten my words. I was pro Tannehill this year. Uh, what he did to come in and lead the Titans, I, I can't remember the last time any quarterback has taken the Titans uh, nine and three over a 12 game stretch. That's exactly what he did until yesterday. So. Um, pretty solid but I guess at the end of the day uh what he showed is basically what you're going to get with the guy you know he, he can make your team a little bit better but is he ever going to be you know Patrick Mahomes or someone who can just take the game over offensively and and kind of negate all of your deficiencies as a team no Ryan Tannehill is not that player so you know I, but I you feel can like build a team around of, him huh I think you can build a team around him. I think you can, too. I mean, if you spin wisely. Further more than what you have, I'm saying. Right. Luckily, we have some good young wide receiver talent that doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, they are going to have to sign Tannehill to some a bigger contract if they want to keep him, and they're going to have to sign Derrick Henry. He's a pending free agent, so it is going to be hard. But And you need a lot of other things. I mean, you need a pass rush. You need people who can cover. So it's we'll see what happens. Um, I like that. When you're talking about having the 24th pick in the draft, do I want to be drafting a quarterback in the first round? No. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this other matchup, Packers versus 49ers, which ended 37-20. Aaron Rodgers and company sent home packing. Live breaking um, news. Dean Pease, defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, has just retired. Oh, wow. Car- carry on. Wow. <laughs> all right. Interesting. Um, that's, like, very oddly fitting timing-wise. Yeah. Um, all right, well, like mentioned, we were discussing Packers 49ers. Um, we've talked about it a lot over the season, that being the 49ers and their transition and progress to where they are now. 
we were doubters to believers and honestly and you guys can dispute this this is why i'm putting it out there and and kind of transitioning into the super bowl conversation after watching that game i have no doubt that the 49ers and san francisco uh will be taking home a championship this year but that's why we're here and i'd love to discuss it with you guys so let's open it up well let's let's just take a step back and reflect on what the 49ers did to the packers last night just you want to talk about just pantsing somebody on national television and i know i missed on the titans but i don't think i could have been more spot on about what was going to happen this week and it just reassures my point that matt lafleur is an idiot of a head coach and (laughs) matt shanahan just ran circles around him and next thing you know it's what like 27 and nothing at halftime what i don't know what the score was but the game was over at halftime and it's just you hate to see that especially for a guy like aaron Rodgers. but i just i don't know i i feel like as good as the 49ers defense has been there they've shown weaknesses they've shown susceptibility and if you can't get aaron Rodgers to figure that shit out then the head coach is the problem. I mean, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it seems like it. I mean, we also mentioned the fact that Aaron Rodgers can only rely on essentially two guys on his team uh, offensively as threats. And if you figure that out and you cover those guys, there's not much he can do. I mean, but he was, he e- was even still, I'm, I'm more on the, the offensive side of this thing. Like, I don't care about the fucking the story of Raheem Moster. I know everybody's gassing him up because he had a monster game, and rightfully so, he deserves it. But they're making him to be this superstar all of a sudden. And through my eyes, it's like, no. You let Raheem Mostert, this journeyman guy that is a backup to you know Tevin Coleman that just kind of stepped in when Coleman got hurt last night and had a monster game. Like, how are you going to let this guy beat you? How? Yeah, they look. Yeah, but he's been pretty consistently good. Yeah, but th- that this... defense looked like high school ball. I mean, they were all over the place. Yeah. I, I was... could have absolutely run for a hundred yards yesterday against the Packers. Yeah, he, he wasn't biggest rushing go- biggest rushing game in NFL history. Good. I mean, it, whatever the playoff. Garoppolo playoff rushing performance. Yeah, but it doesn't change like the that. fact that he's got seven TDs in his last four playoff games, which so. is pretty like solid production from a. You know, as you said, German running back. back. Yeah. Garoppolo yeah. Had, went six for eight. He was seventy-seven yards, thirty-eight hands handoffs, and they scored thirty-seven points. Wait, did he really only pass the ball eight times? Yes. Yes. It's very Ryan game? Tannehill of him in the game, and he had six passes at halftime. Yeah, I mean that's. I kind of like the fact that we're seeing that this year. Obviously, uh, you know, with the Titans, it made me pretty happy. But that's now that's now three playoff wins at least three, just between Tannehill and Garoppolo, in which the quarter, starting quarterback has thrown for less than 100 yards and their team has won handily, well, that's, but I might add. That's, been, that's what was so interesting about these two, ma- these two different matchups is like what we've seen from the Titans in the playoffs ha- is Derrick Henry going off. They've been hard on the run game, and the Chiefs, Mahomes, has always been you know, known for airing it out. And same side, Packers, you have Rodgers, who always is known for slanging the pigskin, and the 49ers with Garoppolo, who threw eight passes in a championship game. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think uh, obviously the Ravens were in this conversation, but as at least in the AFC, that is. Uh, but this is the matchup you wanted to see. You know, it was always, I feel like everyone, once the season started to shake out, it's like, all right, the 49ers have the best defense. I hope they play, you know, the AFC was the more explosive offensive conference just with their two top teams, which were the Ravens and the Chiefs. And now we're going to get that. I mean, and it's, you know, I don't think that there's, it's inarguable that there's a better front seven in football than the Niners have. And mm-hmm. not only that, I mean, they're no slouch in the secondary either. They've got Richard Sherman obviously playing some of his best ball. Emmanuel Mosley had a pick. Um, he's he's plenty good. And, you know, this is this is exactly what you want to see. So it's going to be strength versus strength, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, let's um... – Let's talk about what we, <clears throat> excuse me, think will happen with this matchup in two weeks. Um, I think it's two weeks, right? Yeah, two, two weeks. weeks time. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers, Super Bowl 2020, Miami. Gronk will be there for sure. Um, obviously, we will be covering this, but we want to talk about some early predictions here because um, as it stands. This is the fourth title game in history with a spread of one and a half points or less. So I wanted to turn that over to you guys to dive into a little bit about why you think that Which, is um, and, and how much you think that'll change. Uh, what is it? Super Bowl 54? Uh, uh, yes. L is 50, IV 4, right? I, I believe yeah. so, yeah. And which is funny because Liv is a club in Miami, too. So, anyways, um, that is one and a half that points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I party in Miami all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, I think that line makes a lot of sense. Uh, as Shakes mentioned, it's strength against strength. High-powered offense versus a high-powered defense. And then, like, as we know, the Chiefs D is really nothing to, to write home about, and I don't even think the 49ers offense is much to, you know, to look at either. I think their, you know, their defense really is what creates any offensive opportunity. Um, not to take away from Jimmy G and that rushing attack and Debo Samuel, who I think is an absolute up-and-coming superstar, but um, I think it's going to be a pretty even game. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people want it to be, um, but I think one and a half points fits the uh fits the matchup and what's your um, prediction on the I, I like i like the 49ers i like the team who can who can pound who can you know pound the rock and and then uh and then you know make stops on defense and i think like nick bose is gonna have a huge game um and as well as richard sherman who's gonna be locked up against uh i guess tyreek hill probably or, so you know but my only problem with that is that tyreek is so much faster than richard sherman yeah, I mean, yeah, but Sherman's fairly smart. put, like, Tyreek Hill is so much faster than every other player in the NFL. Yeah, but, I, yeah, but Sherman's, like, 33 years old. I don't think they'll have I don't think they'll have him on Hill. I think they'll probably put Sherman on either Sammy Watkins or, um, what's his other <coughs> name? Har- Harman. One of the taller guys. Michael Harman. Just, just because I think you're right. I think that would be such a an early mismatch that it would be easy to exploit. Do you like this yeah, line, and they're Tom? obviously going to do over-the-top help from the safeties on Tyreek all game long. Uh, sorry, what did you say, Gardner? I said, do you like this line? Yeah, I think it's fair. I think given how really nobody has been able to slow down the Chiefs, I think in their worst game of the season, they put up 28 points. And, you know, if this does turn into a shootout, San, Fr- San Francisco is not going to be able to just run the ball and dictate what happens. It's going to force Jimmy G to use his arm. 
and ultimately, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that the Kansas City defense is as great as people are kind of making them out to be. They're going to get a lot of love because of what they were able to do yesterday, but the fact of the matter is Tannehill is not a great arm. Um, he, he surely isn't Patrick Mahomes. But everything aside, I, I will tend to be leaning that one and a half on Kansas City. I like that. I'll see how it moves. And if it goes down any further, I will definitely take them at one. Um, I still, regardless, I'm going to be on the Chiefs. I just think it's, you know, they made a statement yesterday that this is their year. Uh, the confidence that they're playing with, just the, the calm and, and collected mind that Mahomes has out there. He just looks comfortable. No pressure has been able to stop him. And I, I, I just think he's too good to to kind of just get stumped this this last week. I feel like last year was so, you know, just coming up short against New England. And, you know, this is his redemption year. This is Andy Reid's year to finally get that Super Bowl, to, to kind of stamp his resume as a Hall of Fame resume. And I, I just think that this is the Chiefs' year. And while the 49ers are good, I it might be the Patriot in me, but I still do not trust Jimmy G to get it done. I mean, to that point, I got to be honest, man. The eight passes that he threw in that game um, were were garbage. <laughs> I mean, they were dog shit. Um, There's a reason a he only of, threw eight times. Don't get it yeah, twisted. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of a couple of slant routes, and you know he was throwing over the heads of the linemen seemingly easy tosses. I mean, I think even a scrub like Brent could get them off. Um, and they were all just dreadful. I mean, some of them were even ground balls. He was throwing them wide left, wide right, over, under. I mean, so there's a reason he handed it off 38 times. And uh, But yeah, I, I don't know. It's his bitch arm. But overall. Brent, what are you thinking about this? Uh, Tom, just about fin- the game. Finish that thought. I was just going to say, overall, the what I'm looking forward to most is the George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey, and who can be the biggest, like, gangster white boy on the field. Alpha, yeah. Yeah, who's the biggest alpha. It's going it's, it's to be fun to watch. I also like that game contest. within the game, uh, for what it's worth. Yeah, uh, two of the, probably the two best tight ends in the league, uh, without a doubt. And, um, I mean, I like... Yeah, you know, we've already talked a little bit about strength against strength, defense against offense, and not not just defense. It's like the part of your defense that has to be good to stop an, an amazing offense is your front seven, and that's that's what the 49ers have flowing out of their ears. So I think the most interesting aspect of the game is probably going to be the fact that uh, we don't – there hasn't really been a time except for the Saints game uh, when the Niners, you know, had the shootout with the Saints in New Orleans – uh, there really hasn't been a time that they've had to just put the game in Garoppolo's hands, hand him the keys, and say, you know, go score 40 points. That's what has to happen if we want to win this game. Go score 40 points. Right, and so, that's, that's exactly you know, it. They're going to have to score. Clearly, you know, the game plan for the Chiefs, which, you know, someone mentioned earlier, it's not like their defense is anything to write home about. No, but you know what? To be quite honest with you, you know, we ran Henry pretty hard pretty frequently in the first half, and they had fully committed to basically to, to stopping our run game. And for the most part, they did a pretty decent job of that. So, you know, when you sell out to stop the run, which is absolutely what uh, the, Ch- the Chiefs are going to do against the Niners, then it's going to really, you know, we're going to kind of find out what, what Kyle Shanahan is made of, what Garoppolo is made of, and can they, you know, design a game plan that's going to, 
you know, put the ball in the air and beat the beat the Chiefs. So uh, because of that, I like the Chiefs. Um, obviously, they you know have the explosive offense. They have a good head coach in Andy Reid. But if it comes down strictly to coaching, you know, if if both teams kind of shut off the other teams, you know, first look, and it really kind of gets outside of their comfort zone. To be honest, Kyle Shanahan is a better fucking coach than Andy Reid. He's a lot better with timeouts, challenges, game management, time management, everything else. So it's pretty even. I still like the Chiefs probably by three points. Wow. All right. Two for the 49ers and two for the Chiefs. Well, obviously, we'll keep you guys posted, and that that line will most likely change as we get closer uh, over this two-week span. But – Let's go ahead and move on here to UFC 246. Um, Conor McGregor made his return in absolute glorious and electric fashion versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I cannot express how much respect uh, I have for Cerrone. The guy truly just is passionate about fighting. I genuinely believe he does not care about titles or records. Uh, he just so happens to be out there fisticuffing more than anybody else, and so his title is as it is. But with that being said, I will not take away from how absolutely outstandingly impressive uh, McGregor's performance was with a 45-second knockout TKO in the first round. Um, as we predicted, both of these guys came out slinging. They said they wanted to stay up uh, and not go on the ground. McGregor came in with a heavy hook and missed him, but made up by giving him a heavy knee to the face. Um, and the rest was history. Um, from there, he was kind of delusional. Um, and McGregor pulled something out of his back pocket that no one, I, I truly have not seen. Um, in a standing position, but he knocked him in the face, breaking his nose with his shoulder um, while they were locked up three different times. Um, disoriented him, pushed him back, <clears throat> high kick to the face, and uh, Cerrone went to the ground. McGregor took his advantage while he was vulnerable, and they called the fight. I mean, not necessarily what you want to see if you're sitting in the arena and you've been waiting for that fight all night, but if you are somebody who absolutely loves this guy, there's nothing better. Um, yep. and, and I'll open up to you guys to talk a little bit more in depth about it, but I am, uh, I'm pitching a tent in the pants right now. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, you know, in watching the press conference and watching, you know, his own social media presence, stuff like that. I mean, you could see the guy was just completely refocused, recommitted to the game. Um, you know, he's got two kids now, so he kind of like, you know, he's kind of gotten the whole fatherhood thing down, and now he kind of wants to get back into into what he loves. Obviously, loves his kids too, but uh, getting back to fighting and and you know bringing more money in and and all that good stuff. And it was we said it to, or I said it, you know, last week, and you guys agreed. It's like it was bad bad for business if Conor lost his fight, and and not you know necessarily bad for business for Conor, but bad for the UFC and um, and having like a pretty outstanding 2020. And do you think that Conor went into this at all? I just think like. The U- I'm sure the UFC was hoping and praying that Conor won this fight because they know now that he got they can go trilogy fight against Nate Diaz they can go rematch versus Khabib they can go fight for the BMF versus Jorge Masvidal and like none of those things are on the table if he loses this fight if he yeah. had lost the fight 
So, like we yeah. said, it was his fight to lose. It was his fight to lose. He looked, he looked, you know, Healthy. like everything and more that like like he used to look, and and he might even be better now than he used to be, because yeah. he doesn't have the he doesn't have the antics on the side. You know, he looks a little bit more mature. Um, I think that, that was, was good. that was the most impressive part. Like the most impressive takeaway. What I was most happy to see was the level of respect that he brought to the to the arena. Where in, in prior fights he's up there swearing and, and calling out whoever, and immediately he was, after he was the hugging fight, Cerrone's grandmother. Yeah, I mean that was a little weird, but it was a you know an Irishman's sign of respect, so to speak. But on top of that, not only uh, that, but like the immediate respect that he paid to Cerrone after the fight, the way he handled himself in the pressers before and afterwards, it was just good, refreshing to see that. And I agree with what Harrison said, where. This is a new Connor, Connor 2.0, and I'm excited to see what it brings. Uh, but in terms of the fight itself, I'm calling conspiracy theory here. Where, oh, God. Look, look, listen, listen. There is absolutely no way this fight should have been booked in the first place. Cerrone has now gotten knocked out in this. Well, in his last three fights, he's been knocked out in his last three fights. The last two were a combined two and a half rounds. This one wasn't even half a round. So we'll say he's gotten knocked out three times in about three total rounds in his last three fights. Like this guy was clearly just a dummy up there. And immediately after, they showed Cerrone's face. They were talking with Rogan. I didn't see any fucking broken nose. It wasn't really bleeding all that bad. Dude, his face I mean, obviously I can't tell you. I can't tell you what it looked like. But Cerrone just went down, and he, he turtled. He caved. And that's not the Donald Cerrone that I've seen fight before. And I think... Time you... Look, I, I just think that this was Dana White being like, look, Donald, this is going to be your last fight. We're going to give you a quarter million dollars to go in there, let Connor win, and you're going to walk out with you know, all this money in your name and all, still have all the respect on your name because you're fighting one of the greats. But the fact of the matter is this was a bond voyage to Donald Cerrone. He will never see another primetime fight. And I just think the way that it all unfolded, how quickly it all unfolded, it was just like, I, I just think it was set up. I think it was set up. I don't know, man. I, I think we alluded to it in the beginning, like how much of Dana White and the UFC was involved. But I think if you actually watch what went down, that first missed hook and that knee to the face, which disoriented him. He had the opportunity to lock him up, and he threw his shoulder into his face at full force three different times. I saw his face after. It looked horrible. This yeah, is a guy who reval- This is a guy who reevaluated. He, dude, he had a bruise on this under his eye, eye the size of a golf ball. This is a guy who's reevaluated his life and focused on his mental health, his physical health. I think he looked quicker. He's smarter in terms of fighting. And I, I just don't think that there was that much of a conspiracy at play. I think Cowboy Cerrone has done impressive things for the UFC. Connor has not fought in almost two years. I think this was a pretty level and even-headed fight. Um... And I think the the better fighter came out on top. I don't. I yeah, don't know. I I no, I don't think anybody, myself included, expected Cerrone to win. But in just the manner that it all unfolded, I just refused to believe that it was 
it wasn't you know rigged to some degree and if they were like look Cerrone you got to lose this fight here's all this extra money okay then then why waste time why let yourself take any more damage than necessary and that's why he turtled I don't know like listening to the interviews and talk like him talking about how much he loves fighting I I just I don't see him sitting down in a room with Dana White and saying yeah, I'll get my ass kicked by Conor McGregor, who's been sitting out of the UFC yeah. for two years. Like, I just, I think, yes, a check can be blinding, but I think he's not called Cowboy Cerrone for no reason. I mean, this guy's a fucking wild man. He's in there and has the titles that he has because he's a nut job, and he just loves to get punched and to punch. Right, um, I agree. And that's why a couple shoulders to the face does not align with his, you know, he has more but heart than It was than more that than a shoulder. It was in it was a knee, three shoulders to the face, a high kick to the jaw. Right, I'm done. I'm done here. Pad. I'm done here. It was rigged. Dog. It was dog. rigged. Tom, here's Tom. Hey, Tom, here's what I'll say, buddy. Brooded. Is that we'll see probably in three months' time if if you're right. Like essentially is what you're saying is that Connor isn't the fighter that we all think he is. Yes. This is all to build so, for the next fight. So the next fight's uh, I'm gonna I'd put money on that's gonna be a trilogy fight versus Nate Diaz. That would be awesome. And at that fight, we'll see because Nate's another guy who would never like let someone get a W over him. Yeah, uh, let someone get a W over him just to like make a quick buck and let someone else's someone else's career. Especially legacy. not against McGregor. Look, yeah, especially not against McGregor. Right. So we'll see at the at the Nate Diaz trilogy fight what, what's really up. I will I will end on this. The last time I saw something like this was when Connor beat the shit out of Frankie Edgar, another guy at the end of his career who had a long, you know, good career in the UFC, a lot of respect on his name. Connor beat the shit out of him. Next right, well, then fight. You can say, Next can fight. Say that Khabib ripped his fucking head off. Be, you should say that the fight should not have been scheduled. It's not a conspiracy. He didn't go down and take the money. Like Cerrone, like you said, is capable of handling himself against McGregor, but... McGregor came in superior. And look, Harrison all, said, all I'm saying out. is, I think Connor will beat Diaz, but if he gets in the ring with Khabib or Masvidal, he's going to get his fucking face caved in. Nah, dude, <laughs> Masvidal's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Shut up, Brent. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Buzzer Beaters. Close things up here tonight or today. Wow. Can't believe we're recording during the die. Um, all right, Harry, why don't you close us out here? Or start us off. Yeah, this is kind of a, a weird buzzer beater, but I just was searching around the internet and came across this one. Um, just want to give a congratulations to Tim Tebow, who was just married the other day. Um, what? As we know, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow had is, sex. Tim, yep. Yeah, so what we want to do here, at end of regulation, is just congratulate Tim Tebow on sex. <laughs> and, Good job. Uh, Welcome to the team, kid. He married this woman, Demi Lee Nell Peters, who was the 2017 Miss Universe from South Africa. South Africa. Wow. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, congrats, man. That's huge. Good for you. Man, now 30, she, now 30 she, years old or something. She can apply his hair gel for him. Um, yeah, you need to do something about that. Yeah, dude, it's, come on. Like, it's not the 90s it's a, it's, anymore. It's very, it's very metro. Yeah, very. Uh, all right, Tom, lasagna, what do you got? Well, I know how big of basketball fans we all are here on End of Regulation, but I would like to take the time here to let everybody know that Zion Williamson will be making his debut Wednesday night for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're hosting the San Antonio Spurs. 
And whether you're a basketball fan or not, or you know you like the product or not, Zion Williamson probably has the most hype of any you know up and coming rookie since LeBron James. And I'm excited to see what this kid does. The Pelicans have actually been playing pretty well as of late, and um, yeah, it's just going to be it, it should by all means be an exciting matchup. And you know, <laughs> given how the NBA standings are. The Pelicans might not be out of a playoff push at this point, so keep an eye out uh, for Zion. Uh, yeah, they're I only am, four I games back. I to see that. I, I completely, like, absolutely forgot that he's been out for this long. He's back. He's back. All right, well, Brent, why don't you uh, give us a buzzer beater? Um, yeah, I got one. I'm sure you guys, you know, have, uh, have continued the whole music trivia, music history type thing, uh, in my absence, uh, especially with, you know, Max posthumous albums coming out last week. Uh, but pretty important one and, uh, maybe off the beaten path one here today. Uh, today in 1889, uh, the artist known as Lead Belly was born. And for a quick little story about Lead Belly, this guy was called Lead Belly because he literally fucking shot and killed some, shot someone in the stomach, killed him, spent time in prison for it. But uh, he basically invented like recorded blues music, and uh, he he wrote some of uh, kind of the most important songs that have inspired a lot of rock and roll guys. For instance, uh, the famous Nirvana MTV Unplugged uh, special that they did. You know, everyone's kind of seen that Kurt Cobain sitting up there with his guitar in the MTV house, uh, and uh, the um, the song In the Pines, that's one of the most famous blues, blues songs of all time, as well as uh, Midnight Special, made famous by Creedence Clearwater Revival, performed by the Beatles, Paul McCartney, Eric Clapton, etc. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Lead Belly, wrote some of the, you know, kind of first rock and roll songs of all time, and born today, 1889. That's old as fuck. So. That is old Obviously not dust. still alive, but if you guys are feeling adventurous, you want to hear some old blues music go to spotify listen to some lead belly you'll be better for it well ladies and gentlemen thank you as always for joining us tonight if you're uh not already make sure to check us out on twitter and instagram we want to make sure to keep you constantly entertained in between episodes that brings me to my point click the link in our bio check us out on itunes or spotify make sure to subscribe so you can hear our weekly released material and to play us out for you, Shakes, we'll kick off with some lead belly. Uh oh, nice. You get in trouble, <laughs> Lady so. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight
Let the midnight 